I want to let you in on a little secret. When I'm not traveling to Las Vegas or podcasting about Las Vegas or watching movies about Las Vegas, I like to read about Las Vegas. And over the last several years of doing this podcast, I've been fortunate enough to talk to some very cool authors who've written amazing books about the city, including its people and its history. I thought it might be fun to take a little trip down memory lane and reshare some of those conversations with you. Maybe even give you some ideas for titles to add to your own personal Las Vegas library. My name is Jeff, the host of Jeff Does Vegas, and this is a little something I like to call Vegas Book Club. This time around on Vegas Book Club, we're going all the way back to episode number 25 of the podcast and my conversation with Steve Sear, who happens to be the subject of the book Whale Hunt in the Desert by Deke Castleman. Steve is a casino host in Las Vegas, but he's not just any casino host. Steve is a member of the very elite group of hosts who deal exclusively with whales. Not familiar with the term whale? Allow me to explain. Whales are the extreme high roller VIPs who spend massive sums of money. It's not uncommon for them to drop upwards of a million dollars over the course of a weekend in Vegas. To get them and their giant bank accounts to come to town, casino hosts will hook them up with lavish comps like flights on private jets, limo service to and from the casino, high-end suites and villas, ringside seats to boxing matches and UFC events, and pretty much anything else you can imagine. Steve is the guy who makes all of that happen. Steve and I talked about his early days in the casino business, how he managed to reinvent the way hosting was being done in Las Vegas, and some of the more bizarre requests he's gotten from his clients. Please enjoy my conversation with Steve Sear. When I first started my career 30 years ago, pretty much only gamblers came here. Gambler and show. Now it's Celine Dion and I want to see a Cirque show or I want to go to an amazing restaurant. And I always use uh, my parents as a barometer. My mom and dad used to get off the plane from Salina, Kansas, actually from Wichita. And well, what did they do while we were waiting for the bags and the baggage claim? They play the slots. Uh-huh. Now they play slots in Wichita, Kansas. It's not a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So gambling yeah. isn't as big a deal anymore. Yeah. It's and and I mean I want to talk about with you I mean for for those that don't know um you are the guy mm. <laughs> for gamblers for gamblers as as you know everybody puts it you're you're uh you're the guy with the juice in town Yeah um I you know I said that once when I first came to Vegas I had no juice now I am the juice and that has stuck with me but yeah I'll take that you know <laughs> if you're a gambler I am the guy after 33 years of taking care of gamblers it's what I do. If you're going to play, uh, you might as well have like an agent. You know, I tell people you wouldn't go into divorce court without a good attorney. Well, if you're a big gambler, and when I mean big 25,000 and up, you need somebody to negotiate your deal. Because uh-huh. uh-huh. you can play blackjack at a lot of places, you know, but can you split aces four times? Can you, are you getting the best deal? Can you double down after a split? We have a mathematical advantage anyway on every game, so you might as well get the best deal. Uh-huh. You talk about, I mean, growing up in Kansas, that was where you started. Salina, Kansas. Small yes. town? Actually born in Mound Ridge, 700, then grew up in Salina, about 40,000. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two high schools, and uh, I ended up at UNLV. I was supposed to go back and run uh, my dad's Howard Johnson Motel. Mm-hmm. Thank God I didn't. And um, it just didn't work out that way. I ended up at UNLV because Cornell and Oklahoma State and every other hotel school rejected me. UNLV had a great program, and they said, bring your 
1.9 GPA from Kansas State, and we will put you on academic probation. You have to have a 2-2 to stay in the hotel, Casino College. And it took me four years and three summers, and I graduated with a 2.3. And from there, you, you were lucky enough to just kind of, you got in the business Yeah, well, it, it, it was UNLV, my internship. I had accepted a job to go back to Omaha, Nebraska, and be in the Marriott training program for 24000 a year. <laughs> 1986 and um my senior year i took an internship class and i knew i hated the front desk and night audit you know they move you every couple weeks but i love the blackjack pit and i love the dice pit and i love being in the sports book and they got paid to, you know i was the marker kid because i was the grunt you know change the line that was before electronic boards and so there were two weeks left in my internship and mr gone the owner said we're going to do surveillance. Now, this is before the eye in the sky. So we're literally on a catwalk, lying down. Uh, this story's in, in my book, Whale Hunt in the Desert. And um, I'm looking down at a dice game, and they had, like, microphones coming down. And this guy came up, and he bought in for, like, six grand, which to me was, like, you know, $6 million. Played for a while, and he was up about forty grand. And this guy came over in a suit, and we could hear him. was like, what? No, flamingo bullshit. You're eating here. You, first of all, we're going to show you the penthouse, and I'm going to take you to Michael's tonight, our steakhouse. And I go, Mr. Gunn, what does that guy do? He goes, well, that's Kevin, my casino host. And I go, what's his job? To keep him at forty grand here. And I go, I want to do what he does. I finished my internship. I started the next two days later, Mr. Gunn called over as a cash host at Caesar's Palace, which meant I was in the dice pit. If you bought in for $200 or more, hey, I'm Steve Sear, and I was supposed to invite you back the next day to the Champagne Brunch. That's how I got my first players. That's how I started. That's amazing. I, I, and I called my mom and said, I, I'm going to cancel the Marriott training program. She was upset. And she goes, well, uh, and this is in 1986. She goes, well, and she was pissed. And she was like, well, I, I hope you like Las Vegas. I know you hate the cold. The only other state you can even work in, Steve, is New Jersey. Love my mom, but I used to kid her for years. And I'm like, the only place I can't work now is Utah and Hawaii. <laughs> I picked a career. Just like marijuana is coming and sports betting, and 30 years later, 46 states adopted it. Other than Utah and Hawaii, I rep now in nine different states. So you're, you know, I mean, the the big thing for you, the you know, where you kind of grew yourself was here in Vegas. But now, like you say, you're you're ever, I, you're everywhere. I'm one stop shopping for the gambler. Yeah, you know, and I represent casinos in the Atlantis, the Bahamar, and um, I represent casinos, the Barona and Viejas in California, and I represent Norwegian Cruise Lines. So you're freezing your balls off in New York. Go on a cruise; it's ten days. No one goes home winter. It's a beautiful thing. How many t-shirt <laughs> shops can you stop at? You know, so if you go on a cruise, baby, just write the check. Yeah, um, and every jurisdiction is different. I have to get licensed. Um, I went through in 1999 after being fired for the seventh time. Uh, that's not funny. And he kind of chuckled. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't I mean did, to laugh. I, it's I, a just, funny, I got my junket license. Yeah. It cost 38000 in 1999. I've never been arrested or in trouble in my life. I've only lived two places. Salina, Kansas, uh, 19 years. Clark County, Nevada now, 36 years. That's it. And uh, they, I had to pay for the Nevada Game Control Board to go back and interview my high school teachers. It's a privilege. I can earn off a theoretical loss, not to get too technical for your audience in this state. And other losses in other states, it's easy. California is 10% loss. They win, I get nothing. Mm -hmm. They lose, I get 10%. So I hope you win in Nevada and lose in California. Mm -hmm. in, in Nevada, I actually hope you win. Why? Because what happens when you win? 
you bet more, you play longer, hence higher theoretical loss. That's like everyone listening has probably got a slot card someplace. You, you said you play yeah. little slots. Sure. You put your card in, maybe put in 40 bucks. You break even for a while. You go home, win or lose. But then you get a, something in the mail or an email and you get a comp. Uh-huh. Why? Because we know theoretically we have a mathematical edge and you theoretically should have lost $200. And we're going to give you a room when it's 110 out and we're at 50% occupancy on those 150,000 rooms. Uh-huh. You know, uh, uh, what's a room to us? A maid to clean it. It's 32 bucks right. to turn it. That's it. Now, New Year's Eve, of course, we can rent it for $500, different story, but it's a Tuesday in August, and there's no fights going on, and no NFL, and we're dead. Of course, we'll give you a room. You're going to go buy a beer, or we're going to give you a free beer. And I love that when people say, well, at least we're drinking for free. Dude, you had an $80 Budweiser. (laughs) Yeah. Your girl had a $60 glass of wine. Oh, Mm -hmm. oh, Steve, comp my room. On Expedia, it was $39.95 plus resort fee. You just lost $800. Well, you know, he gave us some fight tickets. Again, on StubHub, there were 200 but you lost $1,500. i am all smoking mirrors. That's my whole career. It's, you know, it's the cost of it. Now, you might win, and I told my players two things, because I'm going to get a million calls from when I do radio, TV, your podcast. Hey, can you be my host? Listen, give me a shot at some money. Even if you win, you play three to four hours a day, I will comp you. And there's different levels. You should bet 1% of what you bring. You bring 10000 you better be at the $100 table. If you bring 10000 you're at the nickel $25 table. Dude, I don't care how unlucky you are. You're never going to lose $10,000. You know? Yeah. So a slot player, it's great. You put the slot card in. I know how you play. I know if you play correctly. I know theory. And that's why you earn points. But, but, but you can't just go on points or they wouldn't need hosts. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, maybe a guy, look. My first mentor, is, this is what he made me do. He goes, how much money is a lot to you? And I said, I don't know, five, six hundred bucks. He goes, bring it tonight. We went to play craps, and I was stuck like 450. This is with Michael Gone, And we went downtown to the Four Queens. And then I fired back, and I got even. He goes, see that feeling? He goes, I still would comp you because you're risking the money. You either lose or give me a shot at the money. A guy comes in. And, you know, he plays, yeah, 500 a hand. He only plays an hour for three days. Dude, pay for your room. Mm-hmm. I need three to four hours a day of play. We know the math will work out. If you win, God bless you. And so uh, uh, five, people always email me, well, what do I get for if I bring two to three grand? Not much. Maybe a room, you know. And is that two to three grand for shows and concerts and dining and strip clubs? Or is it just for gambling? Mm-hmm. No, my gambling bankroll is three grand. Well, I'm going to comp you at least 10 to 15% of that. So that's three to $450 or 30% of your theoretical loss. So I'd at least get you a standard room comp it and maybe one night Benihana or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're at the five to $10,000 range, now we're talking mini suite, a little bit bigger, and you should bet 1%, 50 to 100 bucks a hand. If you play that for three or four hours a day, you're theoretically risking five to 10 grand. And of course, I'm going to comp your room and some food. It's 32 bucks a day to clean it. Not New Year's Eve. Now, if you get the 15 to 25 guy, now we're talking about limo picks you up at the airport. Wife can go to the spa. Some more harder costs. The softest cost I have is that room. Uh-huh. You know, if, I, if you're at Caesars and you want to go to Bruno Mars at the MGM, I have to pay hard money. I've got to go buy you a ticket. It's really right. $140 to me. So you better be a guy that's going to risk 10 to 15 grand, and then I'll do that for you. And I negotiate for him up front. Uh-huh. 
you know, most big players, especially $1,500,000 players, and I don't have thousands of players. I have 70 right now, and that makes me Michael Jordan. I have 70 active guys that will blow a risk on a weekend, a hundred grand to say two fifty. Then a whale, everyone thinks is a million dollar player. A whale, you could be from LA, but you come once a month with a hundred grand. That my biggest female player comes once a month. She plays roulette, bless her heart. I wish you should mail your money in. Um, <laughs> and uh, she'll risk it every month. So to me, that's a, give me a shot at a million a year. That's a whale. Yeah. And then I have seven guys that will do a million to five million on a weekend. And they're a lot of work and a lot of fun. And a third of my customers are really rich, like Larry Flint. That's not a secret. That's in my book. Mm -hmm. And if he loses a million, it's not going to affect him. He's a billionaire with a B. And then the other third of my players should not be gambling. They're the funnest. (laughs) They're the ones that hang out the most. But I'm going to burn them out. They're going to be done. Then the other third, as their age and wealth increases, their gaming increases. So my biggest player now... I'm 55. I met him when I was 22 and he was 22. And nobody wanted him at Caesars because this young guy, we'll call him Mr. S. He lives in L.A. And uh, he would bring 50 grand. Now that's his first bet. As his age and wealth has increased and he has become a billionaire too, his gambling's increased. Mm-hmm. And he's very methodical. You know, this much is for investments. This much is for my business. This much is for fun. Everybody sure. does it. Yeah. And that's the key. Have a budget. I don't care if you're a guy that brings 500 bucks or 50,000 bucks. Have a budget. Uh-huh. It's the cost of entertainment. Don't, you know, we call them rounders and you're here in the movie because we give out casino credit and a guy has a $5,000 line at Caesars, but then he gets one at Bally's and Mirage and ooh, there's a show at the Hard Rock and now he's got four $5,000 credit lines. Well, dude, if you lose them all on one trip, who are you going to pay first? Because remember, in my state, it's a felony. Mm-hmm. That marker is a fancy word for check. So be careful before you start taking casino credit in Nevada. In California, we can just drag your TRW. In Nevada, we pick your ass up. I had a girl, sad story, really pretty girl, 37 years old, uh, Miss D, we'll call her. She owed $4,000. And I'm like, Angie, just pay. I just said her first name. Angie. <laughs> Just pay me 500 bucks a month, you know, mm-hmm. 300 bucks, something. After six months, it goes stale. I got to dump them to the district attorney's office. And they don't go after her, but they put a bench warrant out. We have a separate division in Clark County, just check fraud, which is marker, which is casino credit. She's speeding in L.A. Her seven-year-old's in the back. Boo! Bench warrant out in Nevada. She sits four days on a bus. Child goes to child protective custody. Then she hits a weekend. Nine days later, she had the money on, but it doesn't matter. You she had, she had to pay 10% more of the DA, so that 4000 was 4400 Then she goes back home and gets her kid who's been in child protective custody now for two weeks. Jesus. It's a real thing. Other state, we're the only state that recognizes gambling as a real debt other than civil. Mm-hmm. To us, it's criminal. Four $1,000 markers, four felonies. Now, she paid the margin. Now, she's still got to go criminally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's three months of marker. She could do another year in jail. Probably won't. She paid it. Boom. But yeah, it's a real big deal. So I don't know if you remember years ago when Charles Barkley, who's a great guy, uh, he owed Manley Bay money, and and this was right before the NBA playoffs, and they had you know arrested him and that. And he's like, I didn't know, Charles. You knew. <laughs> we don't go to the DA unless it's last resort, and I've testified yeah. in thirty of those cases over my year. Yeah. So we give you credit. It's a real thing. You got to pay it. That was one of the things in reading the book that I found was really interesting was. And I guess maybe there's this um, a reputation from movies and TVs and the, yeah, yeah, we'll just get you more money. We'll just get you more money. Uh, yeah. You, I mean, there's countless examples in the book 
where you you said no to oh people. yeah and that's a very good point and you know i think most people think a casino executive we say yes no you can't have more credit no you can't have more tickets no i can't extend you three days no you can't have another month to pay no i can't get eight more people into the show are you crazy you know we say no all day yeah it's not just yes i love the ones you can say yes you know Mm -hmm. the million dollar player like i said he gets five tickets to the fight because he didn't ask for six Mm -hmm. those are easy but the day-to-day guys and they grind and you guys you you're so used to comps and they become just whores with it you know and yeah we say no a lot especially to credit just you know a guy's on a bender in early in my career to be honest did i burn a lot of players out of course i mean you had a driver's license i was giving you 10 grand you know i was 26 years old i could go up to like 250,000 if there's i used to say if there's ink in my pen i'll give you credit <laughs> i've grown up a lot and as a rep and not an employee i don't get paid this is important until the markers are paid Mm-hmm. As an employee, yeah, you owe five grand, you're late, oh, it'll go to collections, whatever. I get my little check every two weeks. As a licensed junket rep, the casinos will not pay me until markers are clear. Mm-hmm. That's why I hope you win, and I get paid the next month. Sure, yeah. You know, a guy loses 100 grand, I give him two months to pay, he loses it Super Bowl, February. He pays April, May, I get paid in June. So mm-hmm. I have to wait for my money a lot of times. That's why I like nine casinos, because somebody's paying me every month the other thing i found interesting in the book too is when you talked about you know uh people would ask you and be like oh it depends on the weather wow that, you really read the book i that's did good. i did read the book and that, that, that's a, just an old line that my mentor you know when i started at caesars i was the youngest host by 32 years they were my age i was 22 they were 54 55 so yeah one old pit boss um he's not with us anymore but he used to always tell customers that depends on the weather whether or not i want to do it or not fuck you you know it's kind of like, <laughs> So, yeah, I still say that a lot. I've got a lot of old school in me. You know, I think I was maybe like an era too short. I would have loved the Rat Pack days where the pit boss was king and the casino host was king. Um, Again, now I'm one of the older ones. Uh, When I started at 22, I was the youngest Mm -hmm. by 30 years. And I was a telemarketer, and that's why they put me in. I was like, hey, uh, can I have a list of players that haven't been in in a year? Average bet, I don't know, 100 bucks from California that like golf. Because I knew we Boom, I would telemarket them. Uh-huh. Hey, Mr. Debbie, is Steve Sear from Caesars. When are you going to be in town again? And my goal on the phone wasn't to book them. When are you going to be in town? And my bosses at Caesars were cool, and I could leave property. You're in town? Oh, you're over at Mirage? Oh, come over and buy you a beer. Cool. Yeah. Oh, you're at the Desert Inn? Oh, you know, so I could leave. And I, I still do that. I still hustle players that way. Uh-huh. You know? And I mean, one of the, I think for me, one of the most fascinating parts of, of the book, too, was just seeing how you kind of changed how hosting was being done. I mean, those guys, Thanks, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, those guys were as, I mean, you call them limp dicks. In, oh, they just the sit in the office. They, they would sit there. They weren't hustling. They no. weren't really doing anything. Guys would come over to see Wayne Newton and lose 20, 30 grand. You figure that's what he's got in his pocket. I bet he's got a hundred thousand dollar credit line. They wouldn't go out. I was the first one to start with, look, if somebody buys in, it was for my cash house days, remember the $200 buy-in? I'd make it a grand. Mm-hmm. Anybody buys in for a grand, they don't have a card, beat me. Then it was beepers. Beat me, I'm coming. They would just say pit one, pit two, or pit three. Mm-hmm. Where is he? Boom, he's over there. Dude, I mean, he just threw out a 1000 bucks. He didn't ask for anything. He's, he's going to have a $1,000 cocktail is what it could happen if he gets stuck. He's just waiting for the show. You know, he's bored. Mm-hmm. His wife wants to go see Wayne Newton, whatever. You know, right. And I would hustle them. And so, you know, and then I even put in the book in 2010, we had Santana was our house band at the Hard Rock. Mm -hmm. 
And I love this story because it just tells how stupid Caesars was. Um, we have what's called billbacks. You're a big player. Um, I don't have Santana, but I want to take care of you. So as a director or vice president, that we'd have a list. And, you know, this is Mr. Smith from Caesars. I've got my player coming over and uh, Mr. Cook. And he wants four tickets to Santana and give him a $1,000 comp. Well, I would teach the girls in VIP. I say, oh, to identify him, I just need his date of birth. Because be honest, driver's license with date of birth and name, I can run what's called a central credit. If you read the book, which is like the TRW of gaming, and now I know exactly how Mister Cook plays. I know he's a fifty line. He owes thirty five thousand. You know, two months ago or New Year's Eve, he lost sixty thousand at Lake Tahoe and that. And so, I do the same routine every night. And I again, this was in the book. It's not a secret, and I still do it. The girls in VIP would give me then Mister Cook's tickets, and I always had Skybox three for every Santana show. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. And so, you know, big player always comes, what, a little late. He's kind of panicked, goes to VIP. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, what was your name? Uh, I don't see the tickets. I'd train the girls. And every time I'd score, they'd get 20 bucks each out of my pocket, not the hard rocks. And so what, let me call the host on duty. I'd walk in in my suit. Hey, Mr. Cook, Steve Sear. I don't know, fuck that. Come on, I remember you. Cause you were a Tahoe last New Year's. I was there too because on the central. Sure, Tahoe, yeah. a little bullshit there. And then I'd already run your central, so I had your player card in me. Ah, oh, come on. Now, remember, Caesars is paying for this. Come on. Come up to my skybox. Give him a bottle of Dom. Caesars is paying for this. Now, <laughs> oh, hey, you know what we're going to do right after? We're going to go meet Santana, and we're going to get you a signed guitar, because I remember how big a player you are. So you'd get a signed guitar, or Santana's Congo is sitting right behind you there. For our listeners, it's in my house. But, um, and so uh, now he feels obligated to me and say, hey, dude, do me a favor. I got you 25 grand. I just need to copy your driver's license. Go down and make a little play for me. Boom, new player. Pissed off at his host there. Thinks I'm the hero. And that's how I get players. And then I earned 16% of his theoretical <laughs> loss. So I'd pay the girls in VIP just to, And I still do that shit today. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I really change it. I just, I was more aggressive Mm-hmm. And I didn't have players, and players are power in our business. And now, of course, I have a ton. You know, I've lost a lot of players. You know, I lose twenty um, percent of my database every year because they're sick of gambling. They're broke, or they're sick of Steve. The third one doesn't happen often, but it <laughs> happens. And so, um, I'm still doing it, and I like the business. You know, I get a charge every time I walk through a casino. I'm sure you do too, right? Yeah. Or just Vegas. Yeah, I mean, you walk into the place, and it's just you get that feeling but you have casinos in canada yeah it's not the same though why it just doesn't because it's canada atmosphere it's the atmosphere it's just a different feeling in a vegas casino it's it's bigger it's brighter it's more exciting there's such a a cross-section of people there that are just so different from people watching is key people watching is i mean i you know for me it's it's like i say it's food and and shows but it's also the people watching i mean if you can you know this is if you can grab a a 50 cent beer at the bird bar the flamingo and stand on the strip and just watch things go by you are going to see shit that you do not see anywhere else in the world yeah and and it's to me it's just it's fascinating you know, my, my cousin is staying with me this summer, and he made that comment, too. He goes, man, it's a lot cheaper to do things here than I thought it would be. You know, just that stereotype. And, of course, yes, yeah, Celine Dion and the O shows, and that, they are expensive. Sure. There's no doubt. But I can go see Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns on Monday night for 10 bucks, and it's a combination of Celine Dion's horn players and Jerry Lopez and people from the Donnie Marie show and Santana's drummers, and they're kind of like an earth, wind, and fire funk, mm-hmm. and it's 10 bucks. Yeah. 
You can go see Friday Night Fights for 20 bucks live yeah. on CBS. You know, UFC Tough Enough Fights or Amateur Tough Enough Fights, $15. I mean... You can, you can walk into somewhere like Cleopatra's Barge on, uh, oh, in Caesars and love that. Da- David Perico Pop Strings yeah. and, and see, you know, performers that are... That's a ship when, that moves in the water yeah, for our listeners for, inside. For, for, you know, two drink minimum, you can sit there and see the, the backup singer for Rod Stewart yeah. and the string players for Celine Dion and the guitarist for Bruno Mars. Uh, okay, and, that's what Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns is. Yeah. yeah. And they get together on Mondays and jam. Yeah, it's just, it. it's such a, 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 a like I say, you see stuff here that you're not going to see anywhere else and that's that's one of for me that's one of the a lot of girls one of the things too, there's for, for the single men out there yeah yeah for the single ladies a lot of guys Our host too. is married and, and <laughs> talked about his wife a lot at lunch so i know he's in love 20 years 20 years yeah most of them happy as i like to say i she doesn't appreciate it though when i go around and introduce her as my first wife she has a real problem with that for some reason i don't know why no but but she's oh maybe people don't get i like this is my first this wife is my first yeah. wife you know 20 years of marriage i think i'll keep her for yeah. now anyways well and last yeah first and last, first and yeah. last. we'll yeah. go with that yeah yeah. yeah yeah we'll give her a plug um you you pissed off a lot of people when you started doing this this hosting thing I've been fired nine times for a reason and, and uh some of the hosts i would say half of them there's about 700 in town half of them love me half of them hate me the one that the ones that have worked with me i think appreciate how hard i work and my tenacity but i have i say acquire or they use the word stolen some players but it's competition hey you want larry flint's cell number i'll give it to you good luck mm-hmm. you know i think you just have to have that confidence in yourself and i've kind of reinvented myself over the years i haven't been a stick in the mud and uh i network constantly you know yeah when i go to the indy 500 i'm having fun or the opening of del mar racetrack but i'm i know the guys at the hundred dollar windows at del mar and i'm buying them lunch and saying hey who are your players i'm constantly i'm trying to it's almost like a curse because when i go to a party sometimes and everyone knows that's how i am like oh steve i want you to meet this guy i'm like dude i don't want to meet any more people i am fried i don't want to meet anyone i'm trying to get laid tonight that's what my goal is you know so is there still a lot of um a lot of uh that whole stagnant attitude in vegas do you yes. think yeah it's yeah. still a problem and, and and complacency and you know look you can be a, a dealer at you know, Bellagio and take home 70 grand a year. And some people work to live and some live to work. I love the different challenges. And that's why I do everything from, you know, being a minister to amateur boxer to work for nine casinos. So I'm a little bit different. I only sleep four or five hours a day Uh ever. I mean, since a teenager. So I, I know I'm a little different. And I wasn't, I think I tell people, you know, I have a beautiful daughter that just graduated from University of Oregon, and a divorce made me a better father, because Sunday, Monday, and part of Tuesday, I was just dad, and the other four nights a week, I could be an orangutan and be out till five in the morning at the strip club, so I think I spent more quality time than, I think Savannah would agree with that, than most fathers, that come Mm -hmm. home for an hour here in the daytime, I mean, we had no distractions. I lived in California three days a week for 16 years. Mm Mm-hmm doing this job i mean you talk about living to work versus working to live is it a 24 7 gig oh yeah yeah my my phone's never off i mean uh you know gamblers don't it's not nine to five gamblers don't you can't pick and tell them when to gamble 
Uh I mean, they're going to go when they want. And they're going to, you know, especially rich people. Rich people are spoiled. They call Friday when you know it's a big Mayweather fight. we got no rooms left. Oh, yeah, I'll be in tomorrow at uh, 2 o'clock. Pick me up. Shit, well, I don't have any rooms. I have to bump somebody. And we don't, in my business, we don't, you know, a lot of businesses, we treat every player like a high roller. You know, we treat every player the same. No, not every player gets the ringside tickets and 8 o'clock dinner and meet and greets to the entertainer. So we don't treat every player the same. And you might have booked it from Montana three years ago. You got bumped because my big guy that just lost 80000 needs two more rooms and you're gone and we're walking you to Super 8 and I don't give a shit. <laughs> So Bill Gates has at the Hilton. This is a true story. It's in the book. Do you remember this story? I believe so, yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, he's playing, paying 10000 This is in, like, 98. He's paying 10000 a night for the Verona Villa, which was 15,000 square feet. My house here now is 2,800 square feet, and it's big. So 15,000 square feet. Bill Gates is the keynote speaker at CES. That's the Consumer Electronics Show every January. Yeah. And that is Sunday through Thursday. So Mr. G checked in Sunday, was supposed to check out Thursday. Well, Thursday morning, he goes down to VAP and says, yeah, extend me two nights. They said, you know, it's 10,000. Okay. So I tried to call him. No one's in the room. I had to go up and knock on the door. Hey, Mr. G, Steve Sear, listen, sir, uh, we'll get you another Sky Villa or a Mini Villa. Um, and you know what? I'll even comp it, but I need you to move tonight. I have a player coming in. He goes, charge me 12000 and he closed the door. Well, I had to knock again on the door. I said, hey, Mr. G, you don't understand. I said, you know, I'm putting a player in this room. He goes, hey, I'm already here. Just put him in another room. And he started to close the door, and I put my hand there, and I said, you don't understand. We have two choices. I said, either pack or security moves your fucking ass now. And that's a quote from Steve Sear. And I put that in the book and no one's ever disputed it. And he goes, well, why can't I just stay? I go, because my guy's first bet's going to be 50000 I have to make a business decision for Baron Hilton. I said, do I want you paying 10, 12, or 15 grand a night or a guy that's first bet is twice that? I got a shot at $2 million. Now, he might win, but I know you're not going to lose. So I said, we're moving you right now. And I kicked him out. And it was really cool. He was pissed. He went over to Caesars, got another villa. They wrote a letter. I mean, I'm doing my job. (laughs) He was booked Sunday to Thursday. It's Thursday. Dude, I have one room that's 15,000 square feet. My guy's going to bet 50,000 an hour. He's going to go take his $2 million to another casino. He wants the Verona. His wife loves it. You're out. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough business decision, but not to me. It was an easy business decision. Well, and I guess it's it's He's not a risk taker. Yeah. Well, he and, didn't want to gamble. And for you, it would be it would be balancing that that risk versus you know balancing friendship or niceness. I mean, there's not a lot of people in the world I would think that could say they told Bill Gates, "Yeah, to I know, move I love his that fucking story. ass." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I said we got to go because I'd I'd rather Bill be mad at me than my player. Yeah. That's my livelihood, plus that, you know, makes my numbers for the quarter. Everyone knows, you know, $2 million guy coming in, he was firing. This is in 98, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's still around now. He's one of my uh, biggest players now, so it's cool. That's the guy that, as his age and wealth increased, his game increased. We talked a little bit. We we went out for lunch before we started doing the interview. We were talking a little bit about, you know, how it is you get paid because it's, you're you're essentially you're getting a percentage on and we talked earlier here about you know potential losses versus actual actual losses Correct. and and so you're getting paid on a percentage of that and is that that's coming straight from the casinos correct so what's cool is i'm just the broker i'm a weenie you know if a guy wins a million um 
you know, the casino pays him. If he loses a million, he has to pay the casino. I'm, a, I'm like your stockbroker. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I get action on the trades. And the trades here are hands played or dice rolled or, you know, slot handles pulled. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and once a player is coded to me, he's mine for a year. So I only get paid for newer and active. Like, we could be best friends, but you played at Hard Rock two weeks ago, I don't get paid. You mm-hmm. have to be one year and active. So I only get paid. So I increase your bottom line. Yeah, you have to pay me a lot, but you want an extra two, three million to your bottom line? Well, then you hire Steve Sear. There you go. I only get paid for newer and active. So I can't steal what you already have. I can't go down and hand out business cards in the pit. I have in the past and got in trouble for it. <laughs> but because uh, I want to take you other places. And that's right. my advantage over, say you're a nice $50,000 player. You lost 50. Well, you're not going to go back there for a month or two because, one, you got to pay him back, but you still want to gamble. See, I can take you multiple places. Or let's say I'm at a place, and I'll tell you a story that happened uh, a couple months ago, right before um, my cousin came to stay with me. I had a guy come to town, played his ass off, and he won 300000 I maxed out at $10,000 commission because he was a $200,000 player. Most I can make is 5%, 10 grand. But he had two days left. He's like, ah, I go, well, you're a winner now. You know, you should... I don't know, take at least 100000 home. I go, now, I, I couldn't make it. doesn't matter if he played another 50 hours, lost it. I'm not making any more than ten grand. I go, well, why don't we go to uh, Barona? Go up to San Diego, go see, you know, Gas Lamp District. You know, it's fun there. They have a Nobu there. All right. So Barona sends a plane. We go up there. He loses two hundred grand. There, I get ten percent loss. So I made twenty grand there. He shakes my hand because he won a hundred. He's taking a hundred grand home. He had a blast. We went out to all the bars, all the good stuff. I made ten grand in Vegas, twenty grand there. I make thirty. He goes home with a hundred grand. Everybody's happy, except the place where he won, the, right? The three hundred. But yeah, yeah. So you know, so I'm not really a house guy in that scenario. Uh-huh. So if a guy's playing terrible and he's splitting tens, I'm gonna say like, Mr. Debbie, we need to go up to your room because you don't know how to fucking play blackjack, and we're <laughs> gonna have a little lesson. Okay, you know what I mean, guys? Oh, I feel. I don't care how you feel. I mean, twelve against a twelve, you got to hit it. Yeah, you don't want to. And there's more tens in there, but twelve against a twelve, you have to hit it. You have to take a card. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have fifteen, and they have a bus card. You can't hit it. Let them take the 10. I don't care what you feel. Why don't I have 13? Well, he's got six, so you have to assume 16. I know then he turns over a five and he gets a 10, but it doesn't, it's math. Mm-hmm. It's math. It's math. I mean, it is a right and wrong decision every time. And so it's tough to, you know, my dad used to say if you could uh, OD on oxygen, you'd be tripping over bodies. You know, just some people, you just can't help them. Mm-hmm. You know, I try. You know, I want them to have a good time. And just vice versa. A guy comes and blows 10 grand in two minutes. That doesn't help me. I'm on theoretical here. I need you to play more. Mm-hmm. So don't come and be drunk and just bet your bankroll in two hands. That's only in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Walking, walking up and dropping the $10,000 single hand of blackjack is not. No. It's not helping you. It's not helping the player. No. It's not, you don't look like a high roller. Mm-mm. You just look like a guy dropping 10 grand on a hand of blackjack. Yeah. But, but bet it when you have house money, then press. Or how about this? How about when a guy is like, he's lost six hands in a row. I can't lose now. And he pushes a bunch out. Dude, I can flip a coin 80 times. If it's heads every time, it's still 50-50 on the 81st roll, heads or tails. It's a big bell curve. Yeah. Okay. When you win, press your money. When you have our money, press your money. When you lose, go back to your one unit. If you bet five bucks a hand, five. You win, go to 10. You're up, go to 15. Now you lose, go back to five. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's, and then you get the negative progression guys, you know, the guys that bet five and then 10 and 20 because they're going to win the one big hand. Yeah, that doesn't work either. I mean, people try it, but just believe me, I've watched it for 30 years. How much of this is an ego game? Not for, oh not my for God. you, not for you, but for, all. The, for the people that, that are coming to you. I just screamed in the mic and in your ears. Yeah, all, <laughs> all. It, it, it's all ego. Look, the star is the king in, in Hollywood. My star, I'd rather have the construction worker with five grand that's going to fire it up at the tables. I'm meeting him at the door. I, he's checking into VIP. He's not waiting in line. Again, he's the star. Mm-hmm. How we treat the stars, you know? And stars, for the record, are stiffs. I know, yes, we need them sometimes, but they want the big rooms and they don't play much. And Yeah, Michael Jordan, yeah, you'll see in my book. and that Because Michael would lose two or three hundred grand, which sure. is a miscellaneous. That's why we caught Michael Jordan, not because he's Michael. You know, he would gamble. He's mm-hmm. a risk taker. So, um, so yeah, so that, that's why I think people do it. It's the ego. They're, they're on stage. You know, you're at the blackjack table. They're winning. They make the big sports bet. They go up to cash out. Oh, didn't everybody bet that today? You know, I mean, you know, everybody <laughs> talks afterwards. It's just like a golfer. I'm going to tell you about the two holes that I parred. What about the other eight holes where I lost a ball, picked up, and I shoot 123? No, <laughs> man, I, I parred 17 and 18, shot a 126, but, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of these these guys that, you know, they could buy tickets ringside to a UFC fight. They could buy their way into a strip club. I mean, this is not but but they're coming to you for these things that they want it free. Complimentary. The word complimentary is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, you know, look, there are good stories too. guy comes in, takes out 10 or 15 grand. Gets everything comp, goes home, goes home with 30 or 40. It's a, most of my players, to be honest, I think they need to break even. And then an hour before the limo's taking them back to the airport, they have a little run. If they win Friday, they're usually writing me a check by Sunday. You know what I mean? They don't have the discipline to stop. We're all going to have that run because the margins are thin. You're going to have that run where you win 10 hands in a row. Did you press? You're going to have that run where somebody holds the dice. Your number hits in roulette. You know, the bad news is, say you start with 100 bucks, and in the first 10 minutes, you're up 220. Take that shit home. Uh-huh. You don't. You keep playing. You know, that's what I mean. You need to break even, and then the last hour, and that's why I like people to have limits. Like, okay, it's 3 o'clock now. We're going to dinner at 6. I got to go up and clean up at 5. I'm playing 3 to 4.30, 5-ish. That's it. Uh-huh. When you sit down, oh, I don't know when I'm getting up. Well, then you're going to get up when you lose everything. Have you ever been with somebody and they're like, you want to go to lunch? Yeah, as soon as I lose this. Well, just give it to me then. I always say, <laughs> just give it to me then. You're going you're gonna to lose it anyway. What, you want the thrill of me taking your money? Just give it to me. Yeah, it, and, and that makes perfect sense because even, you know, playing slots, same thing. You go, you know, you're hitting nothing, nothing, nothing. Ooh, a little bit of something. Ooh, a little bit more of something. Oh. It's like a hot stripper. Give me hope. Yeah. Give me, just yeah. give me hope that you do and, really like me and you might go home with and, me. Just and, give me hope. And then, no, 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 no. And then it's that, oh, I'll, I'll cash out when I'm... And then do you, I'm not, do I'm you not, have a number when you sit down? Because you said you play slot or no? You know what? I'll sit down. I'll put 100 bucks in a slot machine. And if I start getting down... And I mean, we're, you know, I'm low roller numbers here That's on okay. this. If I start getting down around 60 ish i'm done i it's a cold machine Good. i'm done i'm walking away and, hit and run and and for that matter if i a lot of times even if i get back down to 100 i'm i'm done right. if i go up 
if I go up and then I start coming back down, I'm like, okay, I, I'm, no, so you take I'm at least walking away. And, and you're up I to 220. Into. Are you thinking, okay, I'm, I'm leaving at 150? That's, that's the key. Yeah, I, I would, if I, if I hit big, if, if big enough that I get up to around a 220 or 250, I start going, okay, in my head, what could I be happy walking away with? You know, I'd be happy walking away 50 bucks up. If you double your, when was the last time you doubled your stock portfolio in a day? Never. Yeah. Okay. So if you double your bankroll, I don't care if it's 20 bucks, 20,000. I tell people, if you double your bankroll, take half home. If you start with 100 and you're up to 200, you better walk at least that session with 150. Mm -hmm. Get up. And say you're playing quarter machines. All of a sudden you're up and you're, your hundred's $200. Now go to dollar. Take that last $50, but play dollar a hand or $5 a hand. You'll take a bigger shot. Mm -hmm. I've done that with quarter, dollar, and then went to $5. Ended up winning like four grand because I kept pressing. I got lucky, boom, lucky, boom. And I like hitting and running too. Uh, you know, in the old days, we would do the hard drop. You know, there was actually coins before your time. <laughs> and uh, as a slot host, my job was to put the plastic buckets out at 315 because at 330, the count team came. Right. They were pulling out the heavy bucket, putting it in a rack, putting in the day shift bucket. You know, because this was on graveyard. Well, and people would always go, oh, we want to uh, play slots right before the drop because we think that they're full. That hopper is full. And they'd try to listen. Oh, if, you know, the hopper was what would pay out. So if, if you heard clink, quick, or clink, 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 means it went all the way down. The, oh, that hopper is full. It's ready to hit. Meant nothing. It's all <laughs> random generator. But okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, c come at 3.30. That's the best time to play. Just because I was bored, you know. And, yeah. And it's funny the number of people that kind of think that, you know, there's always the conspiracy theories and, oh, this is the best time to play. And, yeah, and the superstitious of the, you know, got to touch this and do that. And the, oh, is it better to play in the morning versus playing in the evening? And that, and it isn't, is it's it? all random. Yeah. No, I am superstitious, I will say. Um, sometimes I have certain dealers when I do like to play dice. I like certain dealers on the game. Not ethnic-wise, just I know a couple and I just, and we have some dealers will say, oh, that's a house dealer. You know, you're not going to win from her. I mean, mm -hmm. she just, you know, 20, 20 is not good enough. That chick's going to, every time she has 14, she's going to pull seven. So then I have one customer. Uh, he's from out of the country, and he brings, um, like, soothsayer fortune teller. True story. This is in the book. Two million dollar guy. Of course, where are the best suites on the high floor, 30th floor of the penthouses? No. Once they get in with 26 people, we have to stay on the 14th floor. Why? We have to stay on the 14th floor. I only have standard rooms on the 14th floor. I had to move out like 23 rooms on the 14th floor because that's where he wanted to stay. He still lost like a million too. I'm like, dude, get a new suit, sir. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to lose, at least be in the penthouse. That total true story. Wow. Yeah. I would imagine. And I mean, we've talked about the things that you, you can do for people and the things that you've done as far as right. you know, fight tickets and rooms and here it comes meals what's and all the craziest stuff. thing well okay yeah let's go let's go there first what is what is the most ridiculous thing people have asked for that you've been able to deliver yeah yeah one, one thing you know like i don't get customers drugs and i think that's a big stereotype uh, i can count on one hand in 33 years the big guys that want to do coke and ecstasy those guys are in the clubs all night and watching glow sticks my guys are addicted to tits and ass and gambling for sure um okay some of the stupid things i have one player still today and I don't know, so we have to strain yogurt, a special yogurt, the chefs, the butlers do it. They have to strain yogurt through cheesecloth. And I don't know if it's the part that drips through or the part that the cheesecloth catches, and that's his butter for his toast. 
swear to God. And then he likes a certain type of Charmin something something toilet paper. I think <laughs> some rich people just, they know they're going to piss away money, so they want to make it as difficult as possible, if that yeah. makes sense. You know, and then, um, you know, a lot of different weird food requests. And then I have one player where everything has to be sanitized. There are sanitation wipes every five feet. She's total germaphobe. Well, then don't touch the chips and the money that a million people have touched every day. But yeah, I pay you money, you're touching it. You know, I mean, whatever. Um, And then a lot of my players are just, when I say quirky, they just want something different. Like one of my players loves to play pool mgm sent him a brand new mercedes for his birthday i didn't send him shit you know what i sent because i knew you know janet lee i don't know if you watch pool the black widow mm-hmm. i sent janet lee to his house to play him one-on-one in pool she beat him out of six grand they played six games a thousand a game he's never going to forget that i had one customer that his kid wanted a tennis lesson i got him a tennis lesson with andre agassi Tim Poster helped me do that. See, that's what's cool. Yeah. You know, or if the pool player, too, I had him sent, and it was a custom pool stick. We spent about six grand on it, and when the two parts went together, a five and a six met. Yo, 11 was his favorite number. You know, that, I one player where I, I, my biggest dice player, Fast Eddie, that was in the book, I got to go all around the world with him from Greece and Super Bowls and Costa Rica, whitewater rafting and Jamaica. Uh, he loved dice. So, again, he had a huge hot springs I had a custom Eagle Claw and his Hot Springs logo and made him a custom dice table, all custom chips, rented a U-Haul, and I drove it up to him on his birthday as a surprise. See, it's just little shit like that yeah. has made me different. I'm just a simple guy. I, I use the rooms. You know, it's a great story in the book, and uh, it's required reading at Cornell where I got rejected. Uh, I usually start my lecture by saying I'm a 2.3 from UNLV and you're never going to make the kind of money I make and you just spent 200 grand on education why <laughs> and you're going into a business where the brave makes more than the chief the cocktail waitress saved 80 grand this year working the pool party she doesn't give a shit that you're a 4.0 from Cornell making 60 grand as a hotel manager but anyway <laughs> I have no idea where I was going with that but um, it, it, it's just you know unique things oh so what I'm saying is so I'm at the Hilton, and this is in 97 or 98, and we had three sky villas that were 12, 14, and 15,000 square feet. Three mini villas, which shouldn't even be called mini. They were 6,000 square feet. And then 11 premium suites that are two to 3,000. The criteria was 100,000 on the classic suites, 250 to half a million on the mini villas, a million period on the three big villas. Now, we had like 14 butlers. It's Thanksgiving. The, everybody's working regardless. My boss, uh, Jimmy Newman, was in Australia working a guy named Kerry Packer, who was our biggest player at that time. The international vice presidents were in Asia getting ready for Chinese New Year that was going to come up after the New Year's Eve. And then my other two bosses were gone. So Steve was like number one. Right? I was, whatever my title was, assistant vice president. You know, I'm 27 years old. So I'm like, you know what? It's Thanksgiving, and a room's just a room. I started to fill the rooms. I called 25,000-hour players and said, hey, how'd you like to have uh, one of the classic suites? It's 3,000 square feet. Bring your friends. I'll serve you Thanksgiving. But I go, don't bust my balls on your airfare. I'm not paying you any hard costs. Okay, we'll come. Then I would call like 50,000-hour players. Hey, how'd you like a mini villa? Five, 6,000 square feet. Bring three or four other couples. You can have masseuses all the time. Then I called 100, 250,000-hour players. One of them lives right across this road i won't say his name and said man bring 30 friends i'm going to give you the twelve thousand 
square foot suite or the 15,000 Verona. So my boss calls me from Australia, Jimmy Newman. He's like, what the hell is going on? The butler's called me. He said, out of the villas, you've got 15 of them booked. The villas we were the premium rooms. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to save two for you. Don't worry. He's like, well, who the hell do you have come in? I said, don't worry. It'll be fine. I hung up on him. He was in Australia. Like, what was he going to do? <laughs> Bottom line, net, net, 612,000 profit. Yeah, we didn't win a million, but the rooms are empty. The, the, the villas were used 30% of the year. So there's 300 days in a year, right? So 36. So 100 days a year they're used. 200 and some days they're not used. That's what makes me different. It's just a maid to clean the room. Now the butlers got tipped. They made money and weren't bored. We're paying them anyway, their salary plus tips. The cooks are there. Let them cook. The dealers are sitting there anyway. You know, Thanksgiving, we're dead. We're maybe 50% occupancy. So out of 3,000 rooms, I had 1,500 open. You know what I mean? Use the rooms. New Year's Eve, of course not. Now, the old school of thinking, meaning the old guys would be like, well, now that player's always going to want that. No, he won't. Hey, you know, Mr. C, yeah, you come in August, I'll get you the villa. You come New Year's Eve or Super Bowl Sunday, you're not getting shit. Uh-huh. Create a trip with the product you have. I mean, isn't that business 101? I was just using the product. And that was the one of the, the neat things in the book, and, and it, I can see how it would be hard for people to wrap their head around that like the old school bean counters yeah like the the whole attitude of yeah what's it going to cost me this room's going to sit empty or you're gonna it's marble it looks the same 30 years later you can't beat it up if they do we have their credit card we'll charge them you're you're gonna pay a maid 50 dollars to clean this room or it's gonna sit empty and nobody's gambling and she's on staff anyway oh yeah and then the dealers have a chance to make some tokes they're all pissed off because they have to work the three days you know that's thursday friday saturday the wednesday night is the biggest bar night everybody wants to go out locals nobody's there they're all with their families Mm. you know but and and we made thanksgiving dinner for everybody i didn't pay many airfares yeah 600 grand net profit and that little stint kind of got me my notoriety and i was there a decade and i kept stealing players by telemarketing and that's what got the attention of other casinos and my boss would get a call and you know i pulled one guy off a dice game from the desert inn that was wrong i impersonated room service captain at mgm that's why i'm still barred from their high limit room okay i don't do that shit anymore as far as you know but um you know but that's it's look if it's morally ethically and legal do it Uh, don't you hate going to a restaurant and you just wanted green beans you know they have it oh but it doesn't come with the chicken fried steak just give them green beans you know what I mean? If it's morally, ethically, and it's legal, just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy wants to pick out which ball spins around on the roulette wheel. You know, we have a small ball or a big ball, so if it's a female player, we just have the dealer say, which one of my balls would you like to play with? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's legal. Let him pick out the ball. Oh, no, no. The, today we're – I mean, no. It just It's bullshit. Yeah. A guy wants a private game, you're dead. Give him a private game. It shouldn't take an act of Congress. As long as you'll bet 100 bucks a hand, give him a fucking private game. You know, it, and he'll play it one in the afternoon to four when we're dead. Swing shift? Of course not. It's a $500 game. To me, it's just common sense. It's, picking, it's picking battles. Is what, I agree. Is what you're saying. I agree. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, it's, it, it, why give all this pushback on something if... You know, it's it's not going to cost you any real huge amount. It's not going to cause any big problem. Just just do it for yeah. the person. That's why I, in my career, I've not played well uh, with others in corporations. But when I worked just for Peter Morton of the Hard Rock, I thrived. Tim and Tom, I'd still be there. The young guys that owned the Golden Nugget and then sold it and made $100 million in 14 months, I'd still be there. Benny Binion, when I worked just for the grandson at the horseshoe, I thrived. Gary Ellis, I worked just for him, I thrived. 
It's a big corporation, a bunch of vice presidents. I get fired. And I, I mean, you've been here a long time now and you've seen the changes in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's starting to make that way back? Are the are the corporations finally cluing in uh, that you know what we're good what point. we're doing kinda, is wrong? But kind of, I hope you know we had that phase. I don't know if, how long you've been coming to Vegas. Five six years. Okay, well before that, you know, like MGM for a while had um, a theme park. Mm-hmm. We were going to be family friendly. Well, that didn't last very good, did it? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now we're going back to what I like is adults. You know, strip clubs. Why do you think all the conventions come here? It's 110. But we have all the adult nightlife. And now we've already got pro hockey and the Raiders are coming next year. So Mm -hmm. that's going to be big. Yeah. So, like I say, that's it's interesting to see sort of the changes that have been happening in Vegas. And, And like I say, I mean, everybody, they started hitting everyone with the resort fees and the parking fees. And comp drink feet, you know, comp, uh, yeah, earning re- your comp drinks. I went to the Rio when uh, my friends were watch, playing in the World Series of Poker, and you put your card in after so much play, like you have to run seven dollars through it, print you a drink comp. No, man, I sit down, give me a beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the old. I think some like Derek Stevens downtown at the D and the New Circa. He gets the old school, and you can get a private game. And I think they're capitalizing on how stiff and stuck up the corporations are. You know, uh, Gary Ellis on his ads at Little Ellis Island Pub Casino says, we will always pay three to two on blackjack. Give the guy a break instead Mm -hmm. of six to five. You know what I mean? I Mm -hmm. mean, you finally hit a snapper. That's a natural blackjack for those of you that don't know. And, you know, pay him time and a half. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And and do you think the big corporations are going to figure this out? I mean, gaming, gaming's down. Visitorship seems to be down. You know, revenue in these big companies is, it, it's clearly, it's coming from their fees. It's not coming from Yeah, the nightclubs are outdoing the casino. That was yeah. in the paper. Marquee Nightclub last year at Cosmo did $71 million. The casino did 68 Yeah. So, I mean, those are real, real numbers. Uh, I don't know. I think they're just not risk takers. I don't think they're going to get it. And I think that's why a lot of my players like to go to the Indian casinos because they're, they're more old school. Mm-hmm. Viejas and Barona, you know, and a lot of my players go downtown at the Golden Knight. Look, $10,000 player. I love the Cosmo. It's beautiful. It'd be where I would stay if I was a high roller. You lose 10 grand, you get your room comped. Mm-hmm. Maybe some food. That's it. You risk 10 grand at the Golden Nugget, limo picks you up, you check into VIP, get a nice suite, wife can go to the spa, go to Vic and Anthony's for a nice steak dinner. It's all on us. You're my guest. Man, you know what I mean? So that's why a lot of my guys, it's value. They still go to the strip because they want to chase tits and ass. Mm-hmm. And the scenery's a lot better than downtown. I love Fremont Street, but let's call it the way it is. You know, you got the guys that are went to picture taken with the thong up their ass that are 80 years old. And yeah. Pretty vulgar. Yeah. Um, but uh, they'll stay downtown and get the value, but they'll still go to the strip and go to the nightclubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, nightclubs have really, you know, when I first started, there weren't any nightclubs. Um, in the casinos, you'd go to Shark Club uh, or Botany's, uh, which were outside, and then Light Group changed everything. And then all of a sudden, the DJs got big. I thought that was a fad, but that's not going away either. I mean, Cardi B. I mean, it's amazing the crowds they draw. Yeah, it's sixty bucks just to walk in before you buy a twelve dollar beer. Yeah, yeah, it's like strip club prices. Bottle yeah. service, you're paying a thousand dollars for a bottle of vodka. Sky Vodka that you can yeah. buy at Albertsons for ten. You're renting space. And and one tip for your listeners. Look, you're five dudes. Everybody pony up 200 bucks. 
and go get a bottle so someone will talk to you. Else you're going to wait in line. We don't let dudes until 1 a.m. anyway. The girls aren't going to come talk to you at the bar. They're called bottle bitches. They're going to go to where you have a bottle and a booth. Now, when you all pony up and you get your bottle, don't drink it. Remember, there's five dudes, one drink, it's all gone. Say that for the girls. Order a beer, then when the girls come, give them the vodka. Else you buy another one. Or we'll give you that. Well, buy one, get one free. Okay, so you got two bottles of vodka for a grand that are Sky Vodka, and they're $10 at Albertsons. You know, but yeah. But you're renting space. If you want to go to a club and have a good time, you got to pony up. Else you're going to wait in line, it's not fun. Well, and it's, it's funny that you talk about doing it with dudes. Like five years ago, a buddy of mine and I, we did a guy's trip, and right. it was six of us. And that was... Exactly. You waited in line. No, no, we 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 oh, paid. We were okay. stu- we were stupid enough to do the uh, the bottle service, and I think it cost each of us about three hundred bucks a pop. And did you have fun. We had fun. Okay, yeah, we had a good time. You know, we had a. You didn't wait a, in line. We didn't wait in line. Right? We had a booth. We had a table. We had the a couple of bottles. We had people around us. A, a, a dude. You were somebody. We we felt like a person. You know, we felt like a star while we were there. And you know, yeah, that was that was. You just summed it up, brother. We, I mean, that's, yeah. And I mean, we all said we'll never do it again. But we did it once to say we've done it. We had fun with it. We had a blast. And well, and were they all married dudes? If you're trying to get laid, you definitely do it because you want the girls to come to you because you don't yeah. want to be the girl in the group that didn't get laid on this trip. <laughs> so you know. Exactly. Yeah. It was just that was that was what it was. That was the the trip, and that was what we did. So there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, something else that they talked about in the book that I thought was interesting was you'll get the guys that will come to town that are clearly you. You got to push them to gamble. Yes. And and how frustrating is that when you're setting these guys up with rooms and and fight tickets and limos and private jets and they're showing up and well the town's changed so much and that's why sometimes downtown is easier than i'd use the hard rock as an example you get into the hard rock in the afternoon it's friday the pool's thumping snoop dogs out there so your girl wants to go out there you get a cabana it's a blast it's a hundred degrees out you drink you're 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 tired okay now you got to go back shower now you got to take her to a nice dinner after dinner she wants to go see santana after santana oh it's midnight the club's open we got to go to bada english and you, you know enjoy the nightclub when are you going to gamble i'm like dude you gotta and golf fuck that golf is four hours in the heat and you're going to be so leave the golf clubs at home yeah you're a golfer go to palm springs okay i hate that and i have guys that bring golf clubs just because they tell their wife they're golfing and the clubs never get out of the trunk <laughs> i've actually made invitations to guys yeah steve sears third annual golf tournament i i don't golf it's so funny i mean i do every now and then for like a tournament or something but uh so yeah no you asked a good question it is tough because that's part of the deal you know, I don't want to rent the room. If we rented the rooms, my department, player development, didn't do their job. Mm-hmm. I don't want to rent the room for 2000 a night or whatever the number is. And no, I want somebody to risk twenty grand for that room, mm-hmm. win or lose. And then the math works out. So you had to justify that, and the bean counters are up your ass, you know. It's tough. Well, because they would be looking at this and going, why are we giving this guy... I'd rather get the 2000 a night. I yeah. gave him this and picked him up and bought him Crystal, and then he played 42 minutes. Yeah. You know? And so you better lose or give me a shot at the money. And it's my job to manage those people. You know, I think I'm pretty good at 
you know, I'm not afraid to tell a guy the way it is, and I don't have fear or loss. A lot of young hosts are like, oh, I don't want to lose this player. I have so many players, it doesn't really matter if I. There's a few, believe me, my top 10, yeah, I don't want to lose any of them. But they're easy, and we've had so many rodeos together. We've mm-hmm. screamed and yelled at each other, and they fired me, and I've told them to eat shit, and, you know, but we, you know, it's a love hate relationship. You know, I'm their friend on Friday, and they owe me 300000 on Sunday. I'm like, dude, you know. Yeah, I'll call you in a couple of weeks. You know, we we gotta we gotta start paying. You gotta pay me a hundred thousand this month. You know, and then they want a discount, and I can get it for you, but I need more. And remember, I don't get paid till they pay. And so, I mean, clearly, the whole idea of discounts on losses is something that's not that's not applying to this guy sitting here paying, you know, dropping a hundred bucks in the slot machine. No. Uh, <laughs> how how is that kind of determined? Well, it it, it originally was created to entice you to come back quicker you mm-hmm. lose a million dollars of course i'd give you three or four months to pay i'll tell you what but if you pay in 30 days i'll eat 10 percent or 100 grand because then i got a shot at your money in two months instead of four or six months mm-hmm. a guy comes new year's eve and gets his ass kicked god i want that guy to come back super bowl but he's got to pay and play so then i go to my boss and say i'll tell you what he's gonna eat if you eat 15 percent, i'll get him to pay 850 and have him back in a month boom it's air the accountants would argue it's there. If I give you a $10,000 credit line right now, you go to the tables and lose it, I lost pieces of plastic. There's no cost of goods sold. If I owned Walmart and you go buy $5,000 worth of TVs, yeah, I, I made money on you, but I had a cost of goods sold. Uh-huh. Okay, if I give you chips and you go lose them, I lost air. I don't have a cost of goods sold. It's air. So if I can get you to pay quicker and I eat a little, I ate air. Uh-huh. And now we have to pay tax on that. And there's some other numbers that the bean counters would. But I just want you to pay and play. Yeah. More action. I've got a small window. You know, very few big players play for, they either figure it out or they go broke. I mean, I have a couple million dollar players that are so wealthy. Yeah, and they just love gambling. But everybody gets a little discipline. You have. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's 100 bucks. You know, you get your ass kicked five times in a row. Uh, I'd rather go spend it on a nice dinner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'd rather go buy something. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to win every now and then. We can't kick your ass every time. We call it the hook. We need you to get the hook in your mouth every now and then. I believe it is, uh, it's a state law that you have to win the first time you come to town, isn't it? That's, <laughs> how, that's how that works? Well, I tell you what, I've, I've argued with new hosts always say that. They go, oh, it's his first time here. I want him to win. I want him to lose. You know why? Because big gamblers have egos. I want him to lose because then he'll come back and prove to me that he's a winner. You know what I mean? So I like to <laughs> kick the shit out of the guy the first time. He doesn't want to and say, oh, dude, you just can't win. God, everybody else is winning. And then they want to come back and show you they can win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, one, one more story. So I had a guy um, loses every time, right? And his wife always bitches at him. Um, and so uh, the first night he won like 15 grand. So his name's Harry. And I go, Harry, I'm going to give you a check. So I gave him a check for 15 grand. Of course, over the next few days, he loses his $50,000 credit line. I gave him an extension, gave him the fifteen grand check. So he loses fifty For the trip, he's down thirty-five. He goes home, shows the wife the check. Look, I'm a winner. I'm going to go put it in the bank. He went to FedEx and FedExed me back the check with another check for thirty-five grand, Just so he could go home to his wife and say, see, I'm a winner. That's totally a true story. Um, you've, and you've gotten to reap the benefits doing what you're doing, too. 
you've gotten to reap a lot of benefits, and a lot of perks of getting to oh, travel yeah. and, and do that kind of stuff as Super well. Super Bowls, Kentucky Derbies, trips, uh, Hawaii, Greece for two weeks on a 110-foot yacht with servants. Yeah, no. I mean, I've got to live the lifestyle of a high roller without risking or doing it, even when I was a grunt you know, making 35 grand a year. So, I mean, that part's been really cool. And that's why I love it. I, I look, I still get excited about the job. I still get excited when I walk through a casino and people are cussing and yelling and betting. I like that type a personality. I like the guys that sh- again, my finest are the people that should not be here, mm-hmm. but they're the ones I like to hang out with. You yeah. Know? They're nuts. Yeah. You know? And, and I think the other thing is people say, Oh, I bet a lot of your big players are doctors and lawyers. No doctors and lawyers are stiffs. They're married to their job or their house, okay? And good for them. I'm not the brainiac, you know, I'm, I'm not curing cancer. But my guys are entrepreneurs. They own strip clubs. They own bars. One of my guys invented the eerie deary lure, the flip thing on a fishing lure. Uh-huh. But every lure it goes on, he gets a royalty. I don't think he, Mr. G finished high school, but he brings 50 grand every month. Wow. You know, yeah. Another guy, objects in mirror are closer than they appear. Uh-huh. Every car that goes on, he gets a royalty. There's over a million cars made a year. Jeez. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, one of my guys owned grocery stores, you know. Another one of my guys, he'll say, oh, I wash cars for a living. Yeah, but like he owns 17 car washes. He washes like 2,000 cars a day. <laughs> and he's from Wisconsin. I remember the first time I met him, I was like, hey, uh, you must love the summer. He goes, I hate the fucking summer. I go, why? He goes, because I want it sunny in 20. When it's hot out, everyone like you has a garden hose in their hand. So he lobbied that you had to use recycled water, that you have to put more salt on the road for safety because then you have to wash it off. You know, he brings the city commissioners to town. He's smart, right? Wow. I don't want you wasting water. And, and if you have soap on the water, it goes in the drain and ends up in the ocean and kills fish. You know, so no, you have to use recycled water on every, you know, he, it's just kind of interesting how people make money. So mm-hmm. he's, he washes cars for a living, but he washes 2,000 cars a day. <laughs> but you, I mean, you do have the celebrity clients as well, or the celebrity yeah. customers uh, as well. Very, very, very we talk, few. You know, Mike, you've, M- Montel, Michael Jordan, yeah, and th- that's it. And Larry Flint. Other yeah. than that, you, you would never know my whales. You would never think, you would think some of my whales would be like, we'll work for food sign on the highway. You would never <laughs> know they got big money. Yeah. Are you getting a lot of international guys now? Uh, a few. You know, I'm not. We have a whole other departments for that, and I don't speak the language, and I'm white boy. Um, but my first million dollar players were uh, from Thailand and mm-hmm. stuff, and that's other stories that I hope you buy Whale Hunt in the Desert and read. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm not big international. Um, I'm I'm just you know American player, and about seventy percent of my players are table games, mm-hmm. blackjack. Baccarat dice, probably more dice than anything. And then um, the other 30, 40% is um, slots. And I'd say I'm about 70, 30 women to men. Uh-huh. Used to be 95% men. Yeah. More women whales now for sure. Interesting. Because they're independent. They tried blackjack or craps at home online where uh-huh. they weren't intimidated. Now they want to sit at the table and be social. You know, the table games are social games. A slot player, he don't want to talk to anybody. I mean, you talk to people all day in this. Last thing you want to do is go talk to people. Yeah. You know, I like video poker because I sit in my own world and play. I like uh, double-double, uh-huh. which, you know, I'm going for aces with a kicker. But, um, yeah, so uh, the, the dynamics have changed. And I looked the other day. I used to have more of my top 70 players, my $100,000 players over 45. Now I have more $100,000 players 
under 45 than over 45. What's that tell you? Uh You know, I mean, again, a third of them are going to be broke before they're 50, (laughs) but God bless them. Yeah. And and they just, gambling is not uh, the sin anymore. Like the first story about with my mom, it's not in two states, it's in 48. Uh It's part of our culture now, I guess. It's not just for the wise guy anymore, right? Just like sports betting. You're going to be able to go to the Raider game, bet the game in your seat on your mobile device. That's crazy. It's great. I mean, it's great. It's great. It's great, but it's it seems it seems crazy, and it seems like it has the opportunity to be bad. I mean, there's profe- there, there's going to be some bad stories. Professional sports coming into Las Vegas was always such a big, which know, I don't big, know why because we anyways. are the police. You know, we don't want to fix game. That hurts us. We are the whistleblowers. I mean, you know, your bookie is going to fix a game. We're not. We need the game on the square. You know. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's going to be some bad stories. Yeah. With the I just, here. yeah, I'm, I'm even surprised with hockey coming in that there wasn't really it's been great and they've been great for the town. Yeah. I, I'd never been to a hockey game before. I'd never tried ice skating before. And I, I've done both. I suck at ice skating, but <laughs> I, it's fun to bet them and, and, and they've been great for the town and yeah. ambassadors. And you know what I like is we play Chicago or the LA Kings. Half the stadium is them. Yeah. Let's say you're a chief fan. You're going to go to one out-of-town game. You're not going to go to Denver and freeze your ass off. You're going to Vegas. Yeah. Right? I think when uh, teams are going to really travel well to Vegas, and we have the infrastructure, and guess what? The Final Four will be in that stadium. The Super Bowl will be in that stadium someday. Mm -hmm. The National Championship College football game will be – we have 150,000 hotel rooms. Yeah. Great weather. Remember the Super Bowl in Dallas? Everybody froze their ass off. Nobody wanted to go. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen here. February here is beautiful. You've started doing some amateur boxing, too? Yeah. Uh, is this something? fact, uh, right there, that, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the first over 50 to ever be licensed in Nevada, and um, I won at 54. So right now, 54 in three months is the record for the oldest Nevada amateur to ever win. So I fight again in July uh, in a master's tournament where there will be some older fighters. So I hope they lose, or if I beat them, I can, or if I box them. I can only uh, fight people over 34. I'm a novelty so i've fought at brooklyn bowl i fought at the hard rock i fought on fremont street several times uh derek stevens has put on great events downtown the event center uh so yeah i've been doing that 14 years wow i know loving it crazy yeah uh it's ego and uh cutting weights tough at my age but um i really enjoy it and i go to california and fight in old dog tournaments and uh, but the, the Vegas ones are great. I fight in an industry fight. I fight at the pool at the Tropicana. I'll show you on YouTube. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, two thousand people out there. Yeah, it's really cool. That's fantastic. And uh, my best one of my best friends is Derek Harmon, uh, ex Intercontinental Light Heavyweight Champion of the World, and um, David Sample, Coach King, Skipper Kelp. I'm around all these pros, and I just I like. I'm the worst. Uh, person on my amateur team at, at my gym, but that's okay. I, I don't win a round until I actually fight, and then hopefully I do. And I'm not picking the best guys. I'm trying to pick people I can beat. It's <laughs> probably a smart way to do it. It is. Well, they're always younger, you know, but that's yeah, okay. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, the book, Whale Hunting in the Desert, third edition. Yes. Uh, came out in, uh, third edition came out in 2015. It's out doing one and two required reading at NYU master's degree, Stern business college and all Cornell seniors have to read it. That's fantastic. I, I mean, I, you sent me the book a couple of weeks ago. Easy read. Do you think, I mean, are you a reader? I am a reader. Okay. I'm, I'm very much a reader and it was, I'm not a fiction reader. I'm not a big fiction reader. I, I, I like reading about real stuff and 
it was fascinating to me. Like I said, the things that, that, you know, I learned in it were, were amazing. Um, you know, reading about, and you're a Vegas guy and I'm a Vegas guy. So I love reading books about Vegas and, and, you know, hearing about the change and how things, the way things were and the way things are. But I like that you learned. You were a Vegas yeah. guy, but you learned a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I learned a, learned a ton of stuff in there. So it was a, a great read. I would highly recommend people pick it up. So, yeah. Hey, well, there is a chapter on um, prostitution. Uh, so let, it's not a book you read to the kids. No. No, it's no, not a bedtime story. I, I'm not going to lie. I was reading it on the plane. I was a little blushing in that particular <laughs> chapter. I was like, wow, there's, there's some stuff in this book. It's, that's, uh, uh, it's part of the business. I hope nobody's reading over my shoulder right. while I'm sitting here on this flight reading this particular thing. So, um, but it excellent book and i i very much recommend people pick it up you know anybody um if you come to vegas uh at steve sear vegas on instagram or uh twitter you know if you're in vegas you know text me i try to say hi to everybody i'm on the strip almost three four nights a week so that's easy uh if you buy the book you want to autograph of course of course of course it's my pleasure on uh, Amazon, my uh, publisher is local. Uh, the Las Vegas Advisor is a real cool site too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to plug that, you know, if you want to come and get some uh, coupons and good deals, the Las Vegas Advisor has been around for a long time. Excellent, well, Steve. Thank you very, very oh, much. Oh, it's my for, pleasure for it's having fun me. Day. Yeah, this is excellent. Uh, inviting me into your home to wow. to do this, and uh, it's very cool to do. So I really do appreciate it. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you soon in Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. Will for sure.